Welcome to the Live Love Ministries podcast, a place where we share thoughts, insights, and experiences from the mission field. I'm Eric. I'm Brittany. And I'm Julia. And we're the Live Love Ministries team. All right, we are finally back on the podcast. We took a long break, and now we're ready to share some more with you guys. So it's me, Eric, I'm here. Brittany and Julia are here. Yeah, we're here. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't plan on having season one and season two, but because we took such a long break and we had 10 episodes to begin with, we're going to call last the first 10 episodes season one of the Live Love Ministries podcast, and we are have, have come up with season two. And so we're getting ready to start season two. So this is the very first episode of the second season of the Live Love Ministries podcast. We don't know exactly how many episodes we'll do this season, but somewhere between five, five and ten, probably a little closer to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We told when we first started that we didn't know how consistent we would be. It, it really does. It takes a while to, to kind of get it all and get it all together and put it down. But um we came up with a, a, a title for this season, we, a theme, if you will. And we want this season uh, of the podcast to be called Staying the Course. Um, and Staying the Course basically in relation to the mission field, being able to persevere through difficult situations or specific situations. And so each episode of this podcast, this season, will be called Staying the Course, and then it will have a subject title. And so we'll have different ones, and we'll talk about those in just a minute. But before we start season two of the podcast, I want to ask you two, what was your favorite episode from season one? Um, I think my favorite episode was when your girls came on and just talked about what um, their experiences have been being like a missionary kid. I just, I loved it. I thought it was the sweetest thing. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. That one was, I like that one too. I think probably my favorite was um, towards the end of the season when we did um, like things that we want every missionary Mm -hmm. wants you to know Mm -hmm. those um, just because we were able to get that information from several different people and see the similarities and then be able to relay that. I think it was helpful because I got some great feedback from that just from people saying, wow, I didn't know that or Hey, I'm your safe person. You can tell me whatever, you know, you, you need to say, and you don't have to worry about what I'm going to think. Um, so I think that was really cool. Now that was a two part episode Mm -hmm. and we found out lots of people listened to the first episode, (laughs) but not as many people listened to the second episode. Right. So if you missed the second episode, you need to go back and listen to it. It wasn't that like the better one, at least what we felt like was the better one. (laughs) I I thought so too. That was probably my favorite too. the, The five things missionaries wish you knew. Because it, it, I think it was the most helpful uh, across the board. And when you're thinking about missionaries that you're praying for, missionaries that you've sent, uh, missionaries that you know, you know things like that. It just, it just good. For, it was good for the church, for supporters, for missionaries themselves to know they're not alone in the struggle. But it also put some vulnerability out there for us, which is not something we're always that comfortable with. But it allowed people to connect with us. I think in a more real way. And it wasn't, but it wasn't just our thoughts. It was, like you said, a compilation of people's thoughts and missionaries' thoughts who have been on for a few years or who have spent decades on the mission field. So it was really cool. If you haven't heard that, those two episodes, go back and listen to them. I, I think you'll really enjoy them. Um, or if you haven't, you know, if there's other ep- episodes that you missed out on, uh, go in and listen to those as well because uh, there's some really good ones, I feel like. And not just because we did them, and not just because I'm trying to promote our podcast, but but because I, I feel like they're encouraging and helpful. And that's what we wanted our podcast to be from the very beginning, to be real and authentic, to be encouraging, and to say the things sometimes maybe that other people aren't willing to say or, or don't have the courage, if that's the right way to say it, just don't get said often. And that, I think some of that came out in that one episode as well. Mm-hmm. Some things that we did learn is two-part episodes aren't the best <laughs> because everybody listens to the first one and nobody listens to the second one if you will we did a two-part episode on the refugee story which i love that, that episode really as well good. too uh, and then we did a two-part story on the five things missionaries wish you knew both of them had a lot heavier audience on the front side and so uh, we learned a few of that so we probably won't do as many two-part episodes this season we'll try our best to either make it one long one or be as brief as we possibly can so mm-hmm. What have you gotten? I think maybe this might be the same answer, but what have you gotten the most feedback on which episode from season one? 
Yeah, I would say probably the five things that missionaries want you to know, that one, or um, the one that, for us personally, like the one that we did in the very Mm. beginning, like our story of how we got here. I've gotten feedback on both of those. Probably, though, I think the most from the five things we want you to know. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think probably the five things missionary wants missionaries want you to know, and then also the um, the refugee one. I think just because people like learn so much, and we're just so clueless um, about what that life um, is like. So yeah, awesome. And so season two, staying the course. What are you most excited about? Let me let me just give a rundown of some of the episodes, and then you guys tell me you know on the front side what you're most excited about. So the one we're going to start with today is, is Julie is going to be sharing about what it's like to be single uh, on the mission field. So staying the course as a single missionary, okay? And then we're going to do um, staying the course, um, how we do that with children, because obviously our family has a whole lot of children, and we have a lot of schedules and a lot of things. And so how do we continue to stay the course on the mission field, committed to our calling in the midst of that? Um, we're going to do some different uh, aspects of like cultural appropriation stuff kind of weaved in through the episodes. And then we're going to spend at least one episode, maybe two, uh, not a two-parter, two separate episodes, (laughs) um, talking to some of our ministry partners in Malawi in the refugee camp, the pastor that we helped there with his his ministry, our partner there, the one that we work with to to get the gospel to the the people that are coming into the camp. And then um, with the lady who helps to uh, run and organize the school and the children's home where we where we partner with the Malawi as well, just to hear how they stay the course in the midst of being a refugee and the things that they faced in life. And then at some point this season, I want to do, um, and I'll have to make this quick or it will be a two-parter, 10 <laughs> things that I've learned in, in 10 years on the mission field. We've been here over 10 years now, and so I want to do 10 things that uh, I've learned uh, in, in a decade. And so any of those that you're more excited about than the others? I think all of them. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I think we're excited about them all because we wouldn't be doing them if we weren't. But I think just something that they have in common is about the vulnerability that hopefully is going to be able to be shared. I think the feedback that we got from uh, last season's was that, hey, I didn't even know this, or, you know, I wish you would have told me sooner, Or, um, you know, just like now that I know, I know how to pray, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And so I think just being able to share more in detail of some of our story and how things actually work um, is going to be helpful. And, you know, it is a little nerve wracking to think I'm going to share things that people may listen to and then, you know, whatever. But it's going to be out there forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's going to be out there. (laughs) But I think it's a good thing um, also. And so... I don't know if that answers the question or not, but that's my answer. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited for this episode to be over. (laughs) Yeah, this is Julia's time to shine. This is her her episode. Um, I kept joking saying I was going to call it single and ready to mingle. That's that's not the point of this episode is not to find her a spouse. It is to share how God has sustained her through being single and being a single lady on, on the mission field. And now with some years of experience, not just a couple of weeks or a month, but Julia has been here now several years. And so God has sustained her through all of that. And, and we've been able to watch her walk through some of the struggles of that. And so we want to be able to help, help you know how to pray for her and other single missionaries, share some statistics and kind of talk about those and kind of unpack those, mm-hmm. but as well as, as help sending churches and, and organizations know how they can better support single missionaries and especially single women missionaries okay so i'm excited i'm excited about uh, all the different things that we're going to talk about and i hope that it is helpful so let's jump right into it staying the course single on the mission field all right julia do you want to kind of start or do you want us to start by asking you some questions to help you get going uh, well maybe i don't know maybe we could share maybe some stats just okay. to give people the per i mean not, maybe not perspective but just to give people yeah, okay, so let me, let me just share a few, just to kind of set the stage for what Julia is going to share. Um, you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal about, you know, why are, why are they talking about being a single woman specifically on the mission field? Well, I want to give you some stats. Um, 
that we have done and some research that, that you can you can find uh, with some, some reputable sources. But did you know, if you're listening, did you know that 80 to 85% of all single missionaries are women? That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Eight to eight and a half out of every 10 single missionaries on the field, and that's internationally, let's just say cross-culturally. Right. 80 to 85% of all cross-cultural single missionaries are female. Wow. Like that, to me, blows my mind. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe you didn't know that. Um, so it begs the question, you know, we were, we were reading some stats and, and kind of having some discussion before the podcast started. Does God not call single men? You know, like what, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, and uh, we were listening to a guy that was sharing some, some thoughts on it. And he said that uh, single men need to stop praying the prayer from Isaiah. Here I am, send my sister. You know, and it's almost like that that's what's happening is, is that single women are responding to the call to go to the nations at an astoundingly higher rate than single men. Okay. Yeah. What were some of the other stats we talked about? I think it was uh, funny on, it was John Piper's, I think, statistic or his, on his website where he said two thirds of missionaries are married couples, a third are single women and the rest are <laughs> single men. You know, as a joke, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're able to count, you know that it's not possible. And Two so, thirds plus one third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, I think it's funny. It's like, where are the guys? Guys, mm-hmm. if you're listening, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> there is a need for single men. And there was some reasons why, and we can talk about that later. Maybe we can work those in. Why they gave Just people kind of giving some feedback on that. Um, I, I did find this one unique, too. Um, so say a, a, a lady goes on the mission field. A single lady goes on the mission field. And she spends some time on the mission field, two years, whatever her initial commitment is. But while she's there, she senses that God's calling her to do that forever, like to plant her life as a cross-cultural missionary. Okay? So she's single when she goes. She fulfills her two-year, four-year commitment. She goes home, hopefully, not called to be single, goes home prayerfully to find a husband who will come back with her to the mission field and they would give their life for that purpose. Okay? So I found this statistic to be unique. If that were to happen, 10 women did that. Single women came back to find a husband who would go live out that calling with them. If 10 of women did that, they would only three of them statistically would find a husband who would go and answer God's call to go to the nations. Okay, And then on the other side of that, if there were 10 single men who did the same thing, the scenario's the same, they came home eight single men would find a spouse, a woman, who would be willing to go to the mission field and live their life. You know, that's crazy to me. I hope that, I hope that made sense. I know there's a lot of words, but uh, that just blows my mind. Yeah. That uh, of, of 10 single women, they'd only find three men that would be willing to go to the mission field with them. And of 10 single men, they'd find eight women, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. What are, your th- what are your guys' thoughts on that before we kind of get into it? That kind of sets the stage, I feel like, though, to, to, yeah. to give a background to why we're doing what we're doing. Well, it sounds to me like women are more obedient to God's calling. <laughs> <laughs> we are the holier gender. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I, I don't even know what... I'm outnumbered in this, in this, in this thing here. But, but all seriousness, I, just personally, we've hosted over, over 100 mission teams. In, uh, in our time, right? Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. hosted over 100 mission teams in our time, which just seems crazy. And that isn't even the focus of what we do, but we have hosted over 100 mission teams in our time. Almost all of them, with the exception of a few. There are people listening being like, no, we brought all men. Mm-hmm. But with the exception of a few mission teams, almost every single mission team is heavy on the girls, heavy on women, even in short term. And so mm-hmm. can you imagine if you, you transfer that to a long-term life commitment? So. You know, women not only respond to the call to go overseas or to go cross-culturally and spend a long period of time or their life doing that, but uh, they even respond at a higher rate to short-term missions, at least in our experience. I don't have a you know, world stat you know, to, to put with that, but just in my experience, I remember when we, like our dorms where we have people sleep, we always had to find extra beds for girls. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. rarely ever had to find extra bed for men. Now, there have been teams, again, 
you hear me? And you'd be like, I brought all men. I know you did. So I'm not, I'm not talking about everybody. <laughs> well. <laughs> so don't hate us. If we're not hating. We're not men haters because I'm a man. So, um, and, but, but just wanted to set the stage for this conversation like yeah. to give you some background. So, yeah. so do you have anything else before we get specifically into the conversation about Julia's experience? No, I mean, I don't think so. I was just going to start by asking Julia, like, obviously you knew that God was calling you here and that you were single. Did you have thoughts about coming here as a single person? Like, is this what I should be doing? Like, I know God's calling me, but Mm -hmm. shouldn't he give me a husband first? Like, were those any of your thoughts before initially making the commitment? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Um, All the time. (laughs) Um, I think, I don't know. I think something that is just interesting and I think it's just cool because it just shows like God's like sufficiency and everything but like I went to college with the mindset of I'm here to get my MRS degree like business (laughs) degree like I didn't really want to have like I was never one of those people like yeah I'm gonna have a this job and I'm gonna be full-time working all this stuff like literally from the time I was like five it was like I just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom <laughs> and so when like God did call me to the mission field it was kind of like um <laughs> all right <laughs> so um yeah I think that was something I definitely like wrestled with especially like even in the months like leading up to like me moving was like oh like I know that me leaving and like committing to the mission field is like reducing my chances drastically of ever getting married. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I have a question before we get into specific. <laughs> like I asked you this before the podcast started, just when we were talking. But when we share those statistics, mm-hmm. like, and this kind of goes with what Brittany was asking. Does any of that scare you? Like, are you like, wow, that like, because it, it's one thing to go, there's not very many Men, single men that are doing this but it's one thing to know like it's literally very very few like two out yeah. of every ten so like you got eight single women and two single men like, your, your chances aren't very good you know? <laughs> so like does any of that legit, seriously does any of that like scare you or what? um i don't know if i would use the word scare um Maybe it makes me nervous and maybe at times makes me like doubt like, okay, like, is this really what God is calling me to do Mm -hmm. kind of thing? Like, I know I could get a job like at a church and work, you know, a normal schedule and much easily, more easily find um, a guy. So, because I mean, obviously with like the missionary schedule, it would be very hard to be married to somebody who like had a normal job. Yeah. So. Yeah, it would. And it, and I mean, just even in that, like, it's even hard to find somebody, have time to find somebody, to even if there was an option, you know, and they don't <laughs> do what you do. Yeah. Like it's well, you know, we have this, we have this, we have this, and so you're trying to work them into a world that they don't even, mm-hmm. you know, maybe can't relate to or whatever. So, yeah. all right. So let's just, go ahead. Were you gonna say something else? Yeah. Well, I was just gonna follow up and say, so. Like you're, you made the commitment. Yes, I'm going. I know God's calling me to Arizona to be a missionary. Did you have people that tried to get you to reconsider because you weren't married? Um, Ooh, that's a good that question. is a good question. Um, I think a lot of people were confused. Maybe I think for a lot of people, the expectation was I was just gonna go for a couple of years and then come back. Like I remember, like after like two years or so people are like oh like you're still out there like (laughs) I was like uh yes (laughs) that was the plan all along um so I think like people's expectation and especially people who didn't know me super well were just thinking oh it's just like a thing you do after college for a year or two and then you come back in kind of like the trendy like yeah you're gonna go live with different people group different culture and then you're going to come home and do real adult stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah amazing. Because this isn't real adult stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just talk about some of the challenges. Like we, we've asked you some upfront questions, shared some stats. Why don't you just talk for a minute or a lot of minutes, whatever you feel comfortable <laughs> doing. Tell us some of the challenges of being a single 
being single and specifically a single lady on yeah. a mission field. Yeah. Um, so yeah, feel free to ask follow-up questions whenever. So I'll probably just ramble. Um, but obviously the one of the most obvious ones, I guess, is like from a safety standpoint. Um, obviously, I mean, and I'm I'm in America and the res obviously isn't the safest place in the world, but it's not the Middle East at the same time. Um, but I mean, obviously, um, it's not always safe um, in situations we're in. Uh, and even just, I've been thinking about this a lot since I got like a flat tire a couple of weeks ago on the middle of the res and like, thankfully somebody was with me. Um, but it's like, if nobody was with me um, an hour into the reservation and I don't happen to have cell service, like <laughs> I could get kidnapped <laughs> and nobody would know for like hours <laughs> because... I hope your parents don't listen to this. Oh, uh, they do. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I think just like from a safety standpoint, obviously, um, whether that be traveling or even like just going up to people's houses, like your Bible study, if they're not home and somebody else's, um and so and i just i mean i do like struggle with anxiety and so it's like knowing those fears are it just is it isn't it isn't helpful <laughs> um but i mean i'm still here haven't died yet, haven't died yet, yet so. so god has been um uh, real faithful um to keep me safe um i think another thing that is uh maybe challenging is and I think this goes for just single people in ministry in general is like, it's a lot easier for like work to become your life because it's really all you have. <laughs> and so, um, I think I just like got burnt out so quickly, um, because it was like, all I would do was like ministry. And I think it was hard for me to see like, Oh, like all you're doing is working because like, in ministry you're with people all the time and I love being with people and so I was like this is great but not realizing like how like draining it was and never taking time to rest and just because it's like well what else am I gonna do like <laughs> well why not have a sleepover with 10 year olds after I've worked all week like that seems like a great idea um, <laughs> Um, so I, I think too, like when you, before you get too far away from it, the safety yeah. one, like, you know, some people listen, well, that's a legitimate concern and it is, it's mm -hmm. a legitimate concern. But I think when you think about the calling that God has given us to go and make disciples and to uh, share Jesus with the world, with the nations, um, like we, we have to place that at our utmost. Yeah. Like that, that's what we do. That's who we are. And not that mm -hmm. we throw caution to the wind and we do stupid stuff to get right. ourselves killed because if we do that, obviously we're not effective <laughs> at reaching right. people. But um, a lot of times, especially coming from an American culture, a Western culture, like safety is, is mm -hmm. always that number one. Like, well, I got to be safe before. Or, or that lie that people will tell you the safest place to be is at the center of God's will. No, sometimes <laughs> the center of God's will is extremely dangerous yeah. and extremely crazy to people who don't share in that calling to make Jesus known. And so yeah. I, I think you see that in, in your life. Like you know it's there and that is a concern, but you know that your calling supersedes that, mm -hmm. that concern, if you will. And so yeah. anyway, just a thought on that. But keep, sure. keep going, keep going. Yeah. So yeah, uh, safety, uh, working, too much, which is, like I said, is a problem like for all missionaries working too much because I mean, there's always going to be stuff to do, but when you're single, like you don't have like, like, oh, I need, my family's at home. I should probably go spend time with them kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so yeah, those are probably the <laughs> easier ones <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, I got any more follow-up questions? <laughs> she doesn't want to go on to the next one because they're quite a bit more vulnerable. And uh, so no, we don't have any follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> great. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, great. So <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, probably the most obvious ones are just, um, that obviously it's like a lonely place to be. Um, <laughs> wow, it's like I feel like the word lonely is like a cuss word in my vocabulary. <laughs> I just like to ignore it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously missionaries are very like lonely in general. And then like you take, you know, you have like a missionary that like lives by themselves or 
basically themselves. Um, and you just, um, you just don't really have anyone to like process things with. Like I think about, you know, times where like, there's been a couple of times where kids extremely close to me have like tried to take their own life and that just like completely wrecking me. Um, and just like being at home, like by myself, like <laughs> sobbing, like on the floor, like, um, and that's just a hard place to be. Oh man, I didn't think I was gonna cry. <laughs> I'm glad they can't see me. This isn't a video podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously that's really hard. Um, and like to, cause I mean, obviously like I can always call people, but it's just not the same, not having somebody there in person. And then like, I mean, I like love my mom and my best friends and they've listened to me cry on the phone a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, have like listened to, cause I'm a verbal processor too. And so they've like listened to me like verbally process things, but like. They're, like, not here. They don't know those people. They might know the people, but they, like, they aren't a part of, like, their everyday life and are, like, living life with them and are, like, as committed to them. And so when those things, like, happen, um, whether it be someone try to commit suicide or somebody go missing or, I mean, the list could just, like, go on and on mm-hmm. and on. Like, I just don't really, like, have anybody to process it with. And I mean, and I'll talk about this when we talk about the positives because I want to end it on a positive note because I think people should go and be missionaries even if they're single. But I mean, obviously in that, you just experience like the comfort of God um, in a totally different way um, that I wouldn't experience, you know, if I was married. So So some of the things that we see in, in our ministry and experience, see may not be the right word. I'm using that as a broad term. Uh, in experience and are extremely, extremely difficult. Even with a, a really good support system, they're hard to process. Things happen in communities that are just unexplainable uh, at a rate higher than many other places. Um, you know, it, it's just a tough place to be. So, in general, it's hard. And so, being a single missionary without a consistent sounding board that can relate not just a consistent sound one that can relate i think you you hear her say some of that in there is like the people that i'm sharing with yes they love me and yes they're listening but sometimes it's hard because they're there and i'm here and they might not know that person or it might not be as a big of a deal to them because they don't understand the culture in the same way that i do or the the community in the same way that i do or are aren't as invested in it as as I am not in a negative way, but just, just as a fact, you know? And so, and we have that same thing, but we're able to, to talk to one another and process it together. And so um, I think that's a good thought because some people think I'll just roll with it and kind of underestimate mm-hmm. the difficulty of life in a cross-cultural setting and a life where a place where missionaries are still needed. There's a reason that missionaries are still needed in certain places because they're, they're hard. And there's a reason there are very few missionaries who are there. Right, Does that makes sense. And so, anyway, keep going. I just wanted to 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 add to that to to help people understand yeah. the, the 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 big bigness, the the vastness of, of that thought, <laughs> the vastness of the loneliness. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, even like like I talked about, you know, processing hard things, but even like when you're super pumped about things, you know, mm-hmm. like like if I call somebody and like just had like this awesome like breakthrough like conversation with somebody they're gonna be like oh that's so cool and I'm like, no you don't understand how cool it is like like we should be throwing a party you know yeah. and they're like that's all you know like which i mean i am just a very excited person in general so i'm sure that plays into it but at the same time like being excited about things are coming up with you know these random plans that the lord gives you like ideas you know like I, I like it's like both like the in the positives and the negatives. Like I'm just talking to Jesus, which is obviously a good thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, God created us to live in community and to have human relationships. So um, yeah. So what else? Some more challenges. 
before we get to you got a couple more sections I know we want to cover, but a couple more challenges and then is or do you have more challenges you want to share? Uh, yes, I'm like I did not do my notes very well. Um <laughs> so I think maybe it's not like a challenge, but maybe like something that like isn't helpful maybe is that like a lot of times people you know are always like oh like well what are you going to do next like like what are you going to do after this like well don't you want to be married kind of thing um and like I know that like their intentions are you know good behind it (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) but it's definitely not really helpful um especially like it probably wouldn't get on my nerves as much if, like, I was, like, like if I, like, wanted to be single the rest of my life. But I think it's just kind of, like, frustrating because I'm, like, do you not understand, like, what a gift, like, this is and, like, how this, like, should, like, be celebrated? And, like, so I try to, like, focus on those things, but at times people are just, like, oh... We need to find your husband. Oh, you need to leave and do something else. Um, so like, what are you saying before you go on? What do you yeah, mean? I don't what know should if be I'm, like clearly what, communicating. What should be celebrated? I think like singleness like should be celebrated. Like it is a gift from God. Like thinking okay. about like First Corinthians seven. You know, it's like single people like their attention is like undivided. You know, like they don't have to think about like. Like, they think about God, but then they also have to think about their spouse and their kids and all those things. And, like, single people, they just can go out and be in the last world and be discipling people. Like, they just have so much more time and life and resources to give away. But in the church, at least in the Western church, it's very much like marriage is, like, the goal. Like, marriage is, like, this, like, the next level up in, like, being a Christian. But it's, like... If Paul is married, like, maybe we wouldn't have half of his letters, like, in the Bible because he's writing to his family and kids. Like, this is, like, I don't know, it's probably a dumb example, but, like, I think of, like, how we get so excited for when people are, like, engaged or whatever, and, like, we should be excited, but then, like, when somebody's single, we're like, how can we get you out of that? (laughs) Instead, it should be, like... No, like, we're super, like, pumped that you, at least in this season, are able to just completely, like, give your life away for the sake of the gospel. They, like, see it as, like, a problem to be fixed instead of, like, a gift that should be celebrated. Yeah. Does that make it's sense? It's more like a singleness is a burden rather than a blessing. Mm-hmm. People see it that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're ho- hoping to help people see that even, you know, even if you are single in the mission field, it doesn't have to be like, oh, well woe is me I don't have a husband Mm -hmm. but look at the opportunities I now have yeah while God has me waiting you know Mm -hmm. I can do this and this I think that's a really good point yeah um and then I think just the last challenge I mean I'm sure there's more but the last challenge we're talking about today um is just like like what we said like with the stats um and like with like the desire to be married like I think there's like this, how would I say this, like, I continually, like, question, like, my call, like, hmm, is this really, like, what I'm supposed to be doing, because I do want to be married, Mm -hmm. that makes sense, like, I think about, like, how a lot of times people will say, like, like, the most important decision in your life is if you're going to follow Jesus, and the second most important decision is, like, who you're going to get married to, and that almost, like, messes with my brain, because I'm like, oh, well, I should be, like, really concerned about who I get married to, like, more so concerned over if I'm called to the mission field, that this is the second most important decision of my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, And so, I think there's just kind of I mean, at least for me, I can't speak for all missionaries, um, all single missionaries, but I think, like, there's, like, this continual, like, battle, like, in my head of, like, am I, like, am I really called to do this my whole life? Like, it just causes, like, a lot of doubt. Um, But I think, like, something that I just go back to a lot is um, there's this poem by um, C.T. Studd, and he just, um, the poem is, like, um, it's all about like only what's done 
for Christ will last. And like Jesus talks about, we're not, we're not married in heaven. And so like, I continually have to like reshape my thinking of like, yes, like marriage is great. It's a gift from God, but like ultimately that it's not going to like last forever. Like only the things that are done, like for Christ, like matter in the end. And so in the end, it doesn't matter if I get married, it matters. Like how many people I was able to like reach with the gospel. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. Okay. So we always like to do whether we're talking about this or we're talking about children or we're talking about cultures, kind of some things not to say, right? I know you have a section mm-hmm. on that, or yeah, and you've kind of hinted at a couple of them already. Yeah. But so we we gave some pointers on us when we were talking about our family. Don't mm-hmm. say this. Don't say this to mm-hmm. people with with multicultural families. What about some of the things to not to say to single missionaries, more specifically single lady missionaries? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I hit on most of what I wanted to say already, but yeah, just things like it's not helpful to say like, Oh, like what do you really want to do with your life? As if this isn't like (laughs) good enough. Um, and you know, like, Oh, like you must, be so lonely. Like, I just feel like that's not like an encouraging thing to say. <laughs> Your life is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um, I think something else like other people have said, you know, like, oh, like I could never do that. Like I could never be like a single missionary. Like I would have to get married first. Like mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that before, which I'm just like, yes, you could do it because it's not like out of your strength. It's out of Lord's strength. Um, and I think, I don't mean this as like a dig. <laughs> just say it. Our podcast is supposed to be real and honest. So just Okay. Well, I don't, I know the intentions were good, but I don't think it's helpful when people consistently try to set me up. <laughs> um, and obviously, like I said, I would be just fine if God wanted me to get married one day. But I think sometimes people can just take like setting people up to like, they just really like, it's just constant, you know, maybe throughout a particular week. <laughs> um and I just, and in different situations, that's not like a dig at you. <laughs> um, but that's, it's just like not always helpful either when people are consistently trying to set you up. Um, just because it like almost like brings to mind like, oh yeah, like I do want to be married instead of like focusing on the task at hand. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So... So, like, if you went to go speak at a church because we raise our own support mm-hmm. and you're there speaking and telling about the ministry, if the if the congregation or, you know, somebody says, oh, well, we just need to pray that you'll have a husband. Mm-hmm. Like, is that... Oh, yes. I'm not, yeah. Is that something that's like, uh, yeah, or no, I just wish you wouldn't say things like that. Yeah, it's kind of... I kind of just wish people wouldn't say, like, I mean, if you want to pray for it, go ahead. (laughs) Be my guest. Um, But I think, I think, and it's like, if people know if someone who wants to be a missionary, like, that's cool too. I think the problem just is when it gets brought up, like, all the time, is where it goes from, like, this was supposed to be a helpful thing to, like, now I'm, like, kind of actually really struggling with this. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times, like, I'll be doing, like, just fine, and then, like, something like that comes up, and it's, like, like, I'll go home, and, like, five people are, like, I'm just, keep praying that you'll find a husband, and I'm so glad that they're thinking to pray for me, but it's, like, acknowledging that, like, consistently acknowledging that there is this thing that I want that I don't have isn't helpful when it's consistently brought up. Does that make sense? Mm Right. Like, you already know that you don't have a husband. You yeah. Don't you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the, the natural follow-up question would be, so how would somebody who is legitimately you know, concerned is the right word, uh, mm-hmm. maybe not, but how would you, whether it be with you or somebody else, how would they help? Like how, or do, is there, anybody have any other role in it? whatsoever like how do they help 
Like how do they? What's the be proper encur- response? Encouraging or proper? Like say you said, if somebody wants to pray for that, go ahead. But maybe don't tell me about it. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> say somebody legitimately wants to be a, a resource, a support for you in the midst of being single. How do they do that? What would be good for them to do and or say? Yeah. Um, I think something that was cool is um, a couple months ago, I had a friend come and visit um, who also used to be um, a single missionary. And she just kind of, you know, like, it was more so like an ask, like she just asked me like, how are you doing with this? Like, do you want to talk about it? If you don't want to talk about it, like that's okay too. Cause I understand that sometimes it can be like draining to talk about. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think maybe like, yes, like you, like, I don't want people to think they can't ask me like how I'm doing with that, but not like expecting that I am always going to want to talk about it um and I think you know like if you want to if you want to tell me that you're like praying for me and you're thinking about me like specifically being like a single missionary and how that sometimes is lonely then you don't even have to bring boys into it at all you know (laughs) like you can pray that like God you know like I'm praying for you and that God would you know like comfort you and sustain you and like help you like walk through like difficult times like those kinds of things like I just feel like boys can sometimes unnecessarily get brought into it Mm -hmm. did Mm -hmm. I answer your question Mm -hmm. yeah so So, final question before you get to some of the positives of it you've already mentioned a couple of positives but so I think the 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 big question people would ask is you know with the difficulties, with the challenges, and this will lead you into your positives. Okay. Why do you stay? Mm-hmm. Because this is more of a calling question, a little bit less about singleness, but just given all yeah. of that, why do you stay? Um, I think I stay because like, I know that it's worth it, and I know that it brings God glory. Um, like I think, obviously, it'd be like easy to take you know all the negative things like like a negative nancy or whatever you call it um but i think it'd be easy to take all those negatives and just be like oh it's just not worth it but like we know that like this life is a vapor and that it's temporary and will be gone in the blink of an eye and so i think i stay you know because i know that like um from an eternity standpoint it is um, worth it. Um, so, yes. Okay, awesome. Now let that kind of lead into the positive. Shift. Yeah. Now that's what you want to close out with. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was going to say, if there's somebody listening who's a single lady, or mm-hmm. they could be a man, if you are. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> keep wanting to sing Beyonce's song, All the Single Ladies? I have had that thought. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're listening to this podcast and that song just popped in your head, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> what I was saying, if, if somebody is single and they're listening and they probably already went through the list of things like, I'm, I think maybe God's calling me to missions, but I'm not sure. You know, they're kind of maybe still wrestling or whatever. And they probably went through mm-hmm. already the things of, I know all these negative things that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so now from somebody who has lived as being a single missionary for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like why would you encourage them to go ahead? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't leave them hanging with the negatives. Yeah. Why would they still go? Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of piggybacks the question yeah. of why you're still here. Uh huh. Well, I mean, if you're a boy, <laughs> your odds of getting married aren't good. So. <laughs> um, and if you're a boy, this doesn't really even have to do with singleness, but like, at least, you know, in our beliefs, in our denomination, girls aren't supposed to be pastors. So anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that you should go and be single because like you just have so much 
to offer to the mission field and all the negatives just like pale in comparison. Um, and so like you have, you know, like I, I mentioned this earlier, but you do like have so much time um, to offer. Like if you're not married, then it's like, you don't have to think about like, oh, well, what about like my kids? Like, what is it going? Like, you don't have to ask yourself all those questions. Um, you can just go and do it and be available basically any time of the day. Um, I mean, you should probably set some boundaries because it's healthy, but, um, and I think like you should go because you're just, you're going to, uh, you just get to see like the sufficiency of Christ um, in your life and others will hopefully be able to see that too. You know, like I think, you know, marriage is like a beautiful picture of like Christ in the church, but like singleness can be like a beautiful picture of like how like Christ is enough for people. Um, like I think of like Psalm 16 two where it talks about like, I have nothing like good besides you. Like it just shows that like your ultimate like love and the best thing in your entire life um, is Jesus. And like people are able can maybe even see that even more so like through somebody who's single because they just see that at times like that's really all they have and that's enough for them. Um, I think it's even been cool to even see like how that can even be helpful like for I guess like us single women like can even be helpful because I feel like a lot of times maybe like like you can like maybe relate to like single moms in a way that like married people might not be able to and then like you can even help like possibly like women who are in like you know maybe terrible relationships or just so scared of like being alone and you can like be like yes like I am alone and at times it is hard but like Jesus is still so awesome that it's worth it and like look at like what he's done for me kind of thing and how he has taken care of me and so it just gives you a unique way to speak into other women's lives and um, that you might not be able to um if you were married um and I mean when you make ministry decisions um I <laughs> I mean, if you're not married, you don't have to really talk about it to your husband and the whole submitting thing. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> um, this is why I go toward feminism. Can we? You know, uh, <laughs> maybe mom might be why I'm still single. <laughs> but was it gonna say that? <laughs> But I mean, if you, if God put something on your heart, you know, you can just do it, you know, like there is no like, oh, well, I need to talk about this with my spouse, you know, like if God like gives you like this great idea of how you want to maybe spend some of your time differently, like you just do it, <laughs> um, which is cool. Um, and so all that to say, I think like the best thing, um, ah, well, Okay, the second best thing is just obviously the lives that you'll get to see changed um, because of it, like because of your obedience. Um, like I think uh, there's this woman um, specifically in one of the villages that I work in and she's just like, man, like, and this obviously is not to like, I don't say this like to elevate like myself, but she always is like, like, what would I, like, what would I do if like, where would I be if I didn't have like somebody coming and telling me about Jesus all the time? Mm -hmm. And I think like if we aren't obedient to God's calling on our life, then there are so many people like this woman that I'm thinking of that, you know, would love to, you know, be taught the Bible and would love to learn more about Jesus and that are just not going to have that opportunity because people are simply being disobedient. Um, so just think about like all the lives and it just really goes back to that poem I was talking about earlier, you know? It's like, yes, like, being married and having a family and all this stuff. Like, those are all, like, good things and can glorify the Lord. But at the same time, if God is, like, calling you to be somewhere, like, think of, like, all the lives that are, like, not hearing the gospel because you're being disobedient. And, like, those are the things that matter. Like, at the end of the day and at the end of a life, that's what's ma that is what matters the most. Mm -hmm. Um... And lastly, I would just say, um, 
mm-hmm. is that you like and I mentioned this earlier but you really do just experience you know God's presence uh in just a really cool way in ways that I feel like I wouldn't have experienced it um if I were married like I think of one time specifically I was driving home from a village and it was like super late at night and it was dark and there's spots on this on the way home where there you don't have cell phone service and I was just driving and I was like God like if I get in a car accident if if I hit a cow (laughs) my car flips over like nobody is going to know like there's probably not going to be anybody else on this road for a long time and so like it is it's always up to God because God is sovereign but it was like I was able to like understand like I am like completely dependent on you in this situation God and if something happens I will continue to be completely dependent that you're going to provide somebody to come and take me to the hospital (laughs) and so it's like I was able to just experience like his presence and his peace like in just such like a really neat um and like loving way that I wouldn't have even thought of if somebody else would have been in the car with me so yeah. yeah. All right. So staying the course is not always easy, but it's worth it. So staying the course as a single lady is is worth it um, because you see God do, uh, grow you, uh, do some amazing things in and through you, and you're able to experience His goodness, His grace in, in a unique, unique, unique way. And so I think that was encouraging. Hope that is encouraging. Last question. How can listeners pray for single women who are either on the mission field or sense that God is calling them to the mission field? Um, yeah, I think they could just, you know, pray for um, perseverance, that um, they persevere, um, that they would be sure of their calling, that they wouldn't um, let, you know, doubts or other people's opinions um, keep them from being faithful um, to what has to what God has called them to, and that um, God would just continue to uh, meet them where they're at and um, supply their every need. So, all right. Any final thoughts? All right. So we hope that was encouraging to you as you listen. We'll continue to talk about the importance of staying the course through difficult situations, through unique situations, and through things going on in our life. And so, until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Live Love Ministries podcast. We hope it was encouraging, made you think, and broadened your understanding of our mission and the mission of making disciples of all nations. You can find out more information about our ministry at www.liveloveministries.org. If God leads you to partner with us financially through prayer, or if you're interested in bringing a mission team to Arizona or one of our other locations, you can find that information on our website as well. Until next time, keep loving people and keep pointing people to Jesus. And we'll see you then.